Part 1 The Arrival I woke up to a cold, sterile room. The walls were gray, the floor was gray, and the ceiling was gray. The only thing that stood out was the door. It was a heavy steel door with no visible handle or lock. The only indication that it was a door at all was the small window in the center. I was trapped. I had no idea why. I sat up, feeling the soreness in my body. I tried to remember how I got here, but all I could recall was being picked up by some government agents. They told me that I had been selected for a special assignment, but they didn't give me any details. I figured they were just going to put me to work on some top-secret project. Suddenly, the door opened and two men in white coats walked in. They looked at me with cold, clinical eyes. Good morning, D-Class. One of them said, I trust you slept well. I didn't answer. I didn't trust these people. Please follow us. The other man said, we have some tests to run. I stood up and followed them out of the room. We walked down a long, gray hallway, passing by other identical doors. I heard faint whispers and screams coming from behind them. We arrived at a room with a large observation window. Inside, there was a small metal box with wires running from it. A man in white coats motioned for me to sit down in a chair in front of the box. Please put these headphones on, one of them said, handing me a pair of large, noise-canceling headphones. I put them on, and a man pressed a button on the metal box. Suddenly, I was hit with a blinding pain in my head. It felt like my brain was on fire. I tried to scream, but the pain was too intense. The man turned off the machine, and the pain stopped. Good, he said, making some notes on a clipboard. Your brainwaves are responding as expected. What the hell was that? I managed to ask. Just a little experiment, the other man said with a smirk. Now, we have some more tests to run. Part 2 The Tests The tests were brutal. They had me run through obstacle courses while being shot at with paintball guns. They had me climb walls while being doused in freezing water. They had me solve puzzles while being exposed to blinding lights and deafening noise. I felt like a lab rat, being poked and prodded for the entertainment of these sadistic scientists. But there was something else going on, something that the scientists weren't telling me. Occasionally I would catch glimpses of strange objects and creatures being brought in and out of other rooms. Some of them looked like monsters from a horror movie. Others looked like advanced technology from a science fiction movie. I tried to ask the scientists about it, but they just laughed and told me to focus on my tests. Part 3 The Escape One day, I was brought into a new room. It was smaller than the others with no windows or doors. In the center of the room was a pedestal with a small object on it. Pick it up, one of the scientists said. I walked over to the pedestal and picked up the object. It was a small, metallic cube with strange symbols etched onto it. Suddenly the room shook, the lights flickered, and I heard alarms blaring. Something's gone wrong, one of the scientists said. Part 4 The Containment Breach As the alarms blared, the scientists started to panic. They rushed out of the room, leaving me alone with a strange metallic cube. I heard screams and gunfire coming from outside the room. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew I needed to get out of there. I pocketed the cube and looked around the room for anything that could help me escape. That's when I saw a ventilation shaft in the corner of the room. It was small, but it was my only way out. I climbed up to the shaft and started crawling through it. The air was stale and dusty, but I kept crawling. I had no idea where I was going, but I knew I needed to get as far away from those scientists as possible. After what felt like hours, 
I finally emerged from the ventilation shaft. I was in a dark, damp hallway, with no signs of life. I didn't know if I was still in the same facility, but I didn't care. I just wanted to get out. I started running down the hallway, hoping to find a way out. That's when I saw them the monsters I had seen glimpses of during my tests. They were unlike anything I had ever seen before. Some were massive, towering over me like buildings. Others were small and fast, with razor-sharp claws. I tried to run past them, but they were too fast. They swarmed around me, clawing and biting. I fought back as best I could, but it was no use. They were too strong. As I lay there, bleeding and broken, I heard a voice in my head. It was the metallic cube I had picked up from the pedestal. It spoke to me in a language I didn't understand. But I knew what it was saying. It was telling me to use it, to activate it. I didn't know what would happen, but I didn't have anything to lose. I pressed the button on the cube. Suddenly, everything went black. Part 5 The Aftermath When I woke up, I was in a hospital bed. My body was covered in bandages and I could barely move. I looked around the room trying to figure out where I was. That's when I saw them, the Foundation agents. They were standing in a corner of the room, watching me. You're lucky to be alive, one of them said. You caused quite a stir back there. What happened? I asked. You triggered a containment breach, another agent said. We're still assessing the damage, but it looks like several. CPs were released. What's an SEP? I asked. The agents looked at each other, then back at me. An SCP is a secure, contain, protect object. One of them said, We don't talk about them with outsiders. I didn't understand what they were talking about, but I knew one thing for sure. I never wanted to go back to that facility again. The agents informed me that I was now classified as a person of interest due to my involvement in the containment breach. They told me that they had retrieved the metallic cube from me and that it was currently under investigation. Despite their assurances, I didn't feel safe. I knew that the Foundation was capable of things beyond my comprehension, and I had seen firsthand the dangers of the SCPs they were containing. As soon as I was able, I made plans to disappear. I didn't know where I was going, but I knew that I couldn't stay in one place for long. I couldn't risk the Foundation finding me. Over the next few months, I traveled across the country, staying in cheap motels and avoiding any kind of attention. I was constantly looking over my shoulder, wondering if the Foundation was closing in on me. But as time went on, I started to realize something. I had been changed by my experience in the Foundation. I had seen things that no human should ever see, and it had left a mark on me. I couldn't go back to my old life, pretending that nothing had happened. I needed to find a way to make sense of what I had seen. That's when I stumbled upon a group of people who called themselves the SAP Foundation Defectors. They were former Foundation employees who had become disillusioned with the organization and had dedicated themselves to exposing its secrets. At first, I was hesitant to trust them. I had been burned before, and I didn't want to get involved in something that could put me in danger again. But as I talked to them and heard their stories, I realized that they were just like me. They had seen things that had changed them, and they were trying to make a difference in their own way. Together, we began to gather information about the Foundation's operations, compiling a database of SCPs and their containment procedures. We shared this information with the public, hoping to raise awareness about the dangers of the Foundation's work. It wasn't easy, 
We faced backlash and criticism from those who didn't believe us, and we were constantly on the run from Foundation agents who were trying to shut us down. But we kept going, knowing that what we were doing was important. We were shining a light on the darkness, exposing the secrets that the Foundation had tried to keep hidden for so long. In the end, I don't know what will happen to us. We may be caught by the Foundation, or we may be hailed as heroes. But what I do know is that I can never go back to the person I was before. I have been changed by the Foundation. I can never forget what I have seen. As I sit here, typing this message to anyone who will listen, I can only hope that it will make a difference. That it will inspire others to speak out against the Foundation, and to fight for a world where the truth is not hidden away in darkness.